Have you ever wondered what it's like to sit in on a magazine editorial meeting? Well, this is your chance. You're listening to Salt Lake Speaks, a monthly podcast where our editors, writers, and staff dig deeper into stories, chat with newsmakers, and talk amongst ourselves about arts, culture, food, music, politics, or whatever else might strike our fancy. After all, we are Utah's biggest fans. Welcome to Salt Lake Speaks, Salt Lake Magazine's own podcast. I'm Andrea Peterson, and today we are talking everything haunted houses. Any time of the year, day or especially night, one can venture through ghost towns, creep through haunted houses, or be visited by paranormal activity. But October and the traditions of All Hallows Eve have created an industry around commercial haunted houses, scaring you all month long. These venues may or may not have a history of death or even having been inhabited by souls of long ago. They were created from the ground up by the living for the living. In fact, the history of commercial haunted houses date back to the 19th century London when Marie Tussaud excited audiences with her lifelike wax sculptures, decapitated French figures, and grotesque death masks she made of French guillotine victims. Although Madame Tussaud's Chamber of Horrors is still around today, we could argue it doesn't quite incite the same kind of fear that it did back then. Joining me today is Jimmy Dilly, casting and art director, and Travis Hahn, marketing director of Nightmare on 13th Street, one of Utah's, and specifically Salt Lake's most popular haunted houses. Thank you for joining me. Yep. Thank you for having us. Nightmare on 13th has been around for just under 30 years, is that correct? That is correct. And has been featured several times on Travel Channel, USA Today, BuzzFeed, you know, kind of mm. all those major shows. So let's start there. What makes Nightmare on 13th Street one of the most successful haunted houses in Utah? Well, um, Nightmare on 13th, probably the biggest thing actually, I'd say the f is the fact that we change every year and we try to constantly have uh, be pushing the limits for what's new and what's what's ingenuitive in the haunted house industry, uh, whether it be special effects or whether it be new scares. But I'm actually going to pass you over to Jimmy because he's the expert on this. <laughs> Jimmy, what goes into creating a haunted house from like start to finish? <laughs> uh, well, it's not like the you know the '90s where it was plastic sheets and you know cute you know Kmart uh, decorations. Nowadays, it's a it's a literally an art form we have to spend the entire year on in order to create. We'll start out with the blueprints of the building and then try to figure out what types of scares we want to do, what type of uh, decor uh, and general feeling we want people to feel when they're going through the haunted house. And we like to specialize more in the Halloween side of haunted house and less the, the horror and the gore and stuff like that so because it's a little more classic. That. Describe that to a little bit to our audiences. What What is the difference then? Well. Every attraction has its own aesthetic. Some have more of an industrial feel. Some have more of a classic Halloween feel, which is what we like to go design our show off of is because a lot of uh, families like to come to our haunted house. And so we want to make sure that everyone feels safe and that they can still come and have a good time, but get scared at the same time as well. So, <laughs> so then Jimmy or Travis, you guys can both take this. What makes a good haunted house? What makes a good haunted house is scarce. That's what people come for. They, they come to a haunted house to be scared. Uh, in the world we live in, we become desensitized to things that frighten us. And so uh, we work really hard to entertain and not only scare, but to entertain. Anyone can you know, pop out from behind a corner and scare someone, but we work really hard on our sets and our, whether it's animatronics or makeups or costumes or everything, smells, sounds, everything so it's just a very immersive experience so whether or not you get spooked 
around every single corner. When you turn that corner, you're going to be wowed and amazed and have a fun time. I love it. So, Jimmy, let me ask you then about this. When it comes to creating set pieces or designing the maze or the room or choosing what characters are going to be in that space, what is your creative process? Well, I always start with what's trending in uh, pop culture. If I don't design things that are relevant, people aren't going to want to see them so much. I also like to keep things kind of fresh. I don't like to keep a set in the haunted house for more than three years. I like to say a haunted house should be like a good horror movie. Uh, you see it once, it scares you. You see it twice, it's not as scary. You see it a third time, it's not going to scare you anymore. So that's another reason why we constantly are changing it is because we want to keep our scare value up which is what people really enjoy about a good haunted house. So is there kind of a direction or a storytelling method to like, they start here and then here this happens and then this will create this and by the end they're ready to receive this type of scare? Like how does that kind of map out? Yeah, I'm. there is a science to it. Lighting, smells, what people are focusing their attention on, all that really does kind of come together in an orchestra that you have to like kind of direct people's attention. I don't know how to describe it, but there is a lot of ingenuity into actually scaring people. It's not just sending a whole bunch of teenagers into a maze with some masks and say, go scare them. You actually have to set up a good scare, um, which takes a lot of time and planning. And one of the reasons we've been around so long, I feel, is because we've been doing such a good job at that. So how do you set up a good scare? Well, so that comes with anticipation. That's one of the things that when you watch a good scary movie, right, that almost frightens you more than the actual like popping out itself. It's the anticipation. And and in a scary movie, if you've ever tried watching one on mute, they're not nearly as scary. So sure. one of the big things that we have is, is music. Like Jimmy said, the lighting. We direct people's eyes to where we want them to see. And it's really easy to do. Or um, not see. <laughs> or not see. And so when someone comes out of the dark corner, like okay, you weren't expecting that. But really it's just all about, uh, it's all about setting things up so there's the anticipation and then there's the scare. And the other thing is it's not always the same scare. Sometimes it's someone grieving, which is just someone more of a dialogue role um, that is setting up someone to pop out and scare the crap out of you. Um, so it's a system of different types of scares to set up a scare, um, whether it's with an actor, whether it's with an animatronic, with, whether it's with diversion of other mannequins w or like props or different things like that. And that's all done, like I said, with lighting. And, but it's all about the anticipation and building it up. Speaking of, talk to me a little bit about the actors. How are they trained? Yeah, <laughs> you guys out there can't see this, but Jimmy got this like nice little smile on his face. And I actually, I act but on stage, and but I, a lot of my fellow actors during the October season spend a lot of time in haunted houses mm -hmm. and they've told me what it's you know it's a different type of acting so talk to it me about it. It is very much a different type of acting. Um, well acting in a haunted house is similar to on stage but also a little different. Um, a lot of the same concepts apply blocking, timing, um, having uh, even scripted lines sometimes um, but in a haunted house setting it's a lot more physical. I'd like to say it's Haunted house acting is literally a sport. Um, you have to be physically able to pop out repetitively, um, hunt down a person that needs to be scared, and also deliver a character. You have about five to six seconds or so to tell a person who you are, what you are, and why you are. And that takes a lot of improv to be able to do that with, you know, 
thousands and thousands of people that come through constantly. So in order to do that, I actually have a whole training system that I have in place that's like a three-day process that teaches people that have never acted before or people that have, you know, degrees in acting how to do poor, how to scare act. So it's more than just boo. Oh, way more than just boo. I wish it was that easy, but no. I mean, as Travis said earlier, people are desensitized these days. So if you really want to make something very believable, a monster, uh, a victim, or a character in a haunted house, they have got to be a well-rounded performer. And we can literally take a person that's never done it before and train them all the essentials they need to actually be a good scare actor. That's interesting. And uh, so, like, talking about kind of actors, animatronics, set pieces, there's, like, you know, it's like a 3D experience. It really is. It's an immersive experience. immersive experience. It's interesting because I was doing my history to make sure I brought the right information forward. And actually, things really started taking off after Disney in America when Disney had the Haunted Mansion. And that's not exactly what we would consider a scary haunted house anymore. I mean, if you're 10, maybe, but it's a different sort of vibe. It's true. And and Disney actually brought it to light. It actually was something that was happening in Europe a little bit beforehand. And Walt Disney used to actually travel around to different amusement parks, and he saw a, a haunted house, and he brought that idea to Disneyland. And it took like 10 years, I think, or so for the Disney's Haunted Mansion to actually be realized. But once that did happen, yeah, it actually exploded into the American culture because Halloween's a big thing in America. Um, and that actually birthed haunted houses, mainly with nonprofits in the 70s and 80s. And then in the in the early 90s, it started turning into a legitimate industry where now I think it's a $3 billion industry. It, can, it actually rivals the wedding industry, which most people are, are completely baffled about. It's a huge deal. There's uh, there's about 10 to 12 different trade shows that happen in America all year long. And there are legitimately businesses that that's all they do is make things that are for haunted houses so that we can actually buy those things and actually make good haunted houses for you as the consumer to go through. Well, I mean, speaking of the 80s and 90s, I mean, that's when it really started exploding. But that's when actually we had Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street, the, the classics. The, the true classics The, the true horror. classics. And so kind of talking about that, how are the trends affecting what we're seeing or not seeing in the haunted houses? Uh, it's more about what you are seeing. Because as I said earlier, when we design the haunted house, we have to watch the trends that are going on. Very much so. And uh, for example, right now, right now, I'd say the biggest horror movie that's out is you know, the new It movie. Um, whereas I grew up on the, you know, the 90s version, and I love me a Tim Curry one. But the new movie really re-energized people. And so um, I'm not even kidding you when I say this. I went and saw the movie that Saturday, and Monday and Tuesday the next week, I completely built a whole entire set over I was it. wondering if that was something that yep, you saw I maybe haunted houses too. <laughs> <laughs> and I did that because I knew that it was a trendy thing that kids want to see. They they love seeing their favorite horror icons in a, in a, in a haunted house. I mean, they get scared in the movies. It means they're going to get scared when they actually encounter it face-to-face. There's something about that Pennywise that's just super unnatural. Well, and there's something about making people's nightmares come to life. Um, people love scary movies because it makes them feel something they don't normally feel. Um, this adrenaline rush and the the heightened senses and the whatever they love about scary movies. Maybe it's just the anticipation or for whatever reason they like it. Um, but being able to see that in real life changes uh, really their perspective because what it does is it takes what they experience through that movie and it it makes it real. 
Um, and so but we safely. Yes, but safely. <laughs> so are there any trends out there in pop culture that stand the test of time and those that are passing fads? Yes and no, and <laughs> it just depends on the different ones. I, of course, the originals, the original slasher g- guys, like we still have those in our haunted house. They're they're classics, and everybody knows them, even if they're not horror buffs or you know mm-hmm. scary movie watchers. Everyone knows. I mean, the everyone originals. knows the sound of the chainsaw. Oh like, gosh, yeah, regardless. That, that'll send lots of people running for the hills. I mean, everyone loves a good chainsaw, but I mean, in a haunted house, there are other like proven things like you want to always touch on like basic human fears spiders afraid of the dark claustrophobia i forget the phobia name for clowns but clowns are always one of those things this year we decided to put clowns with chainsaws and that's been a whole new addition because most of those people that hate clowns and chainsaws are usually the same type it's like a double whammy it's a double whammy it's awesome (laughs) (laughs) so are there any scares that work better than others it depends really on the person. I wouldn't say that there's one that's better than all the other ones. Um, it really does depend on the person's fear level. Um, but we have been recently finding ones that are like illusions are some of the best ones. Uh, we've been using a lot of mirrors and stuff to trick people into thinking that things aren't there when they really are. And we've been getting just amazing scares from that. We've also been uh, implementing these things called actotronics, which are animations, but they're actually powered by an actor that actually can react to how you're reacting. So it takes the awesome power of an animatronic and puts it, it gives it a brain to actually be able to go after you a second or a third okay, time. Okay, just the idea of this is making me like Yeah, we have response. a couple of those in the haunted house and <laughs> oh, they're so good. I, I'm scared <laughs> enough of haunted houses, much less like an AI sort of being like yeah. that's going to work to scare me even more. Yeah. Oh, that's creepy. So like... I, you know, I wonder, and correct me if I'm wrong, what you guys have seen. Obviously, the industry is still growing, and it's getting bigger and bigger. But mm-hmm. is it getting harder to scare people? Because, I mean, we've got huge media out there and a lot of even what you talked about, the anticipation, the unknown. But we've got so many movies and television and news and media. And what is unknown out there? I would say it is absolutely getting harder. I have been doing... Uh, haunted houses since I was 16 and the haunted houses that were acceptable back then to now aren't even the same thing they're they're like it's like a lagoon versus Disneyland it's totally different and that's one reason why we're constantly changing our haunted house is because if we don't keep changing it people get tired of it and haunted houses that don't change their customers tend to kind of get bored and, and, and fizzle off and that's partly why the nightmare's been around so long is because we're constantly innovating it, always trying new things. And we do understand that, that nowadays people are getting desensitized. You have video games that are incredibly graphic. You have VR experiences. You have some of these haunted houses are going as far as like touching and bagging people, which I just consider a form of torture. Uh, but some people want that kind of stuff. So in order to keep maintaining the classic haunted house like we run, we have to really innovate and try new technologies and new types of illusions and uh, train our actors to be even better and better in order to keep scaring people year after year. Yeah, to to keep the same fear level, I guess you could say, um, we work year-round and have for 28 years to, to build this environment where people can uh, experience fear and really live their nightmares. And, and that is more difficult year after year after year. Um, But as the times change and as people do become desensitized, like Jimmy was saying, we have the ability to 
change and adapt to those times so that we can stay relevant and stay scary and stay a little bit ahead of the scariness of the times. (laughs) So (laughs) according to the Haunted Attractions Association, the new trends out there for haunted houses seem to be a focus on sensory deprivation and interactive experiences such Mm -hmm. as haunted hayrides, I mean they've always been around, but more escape gains, zombie runs, um, and the association points out that guests want a more realistic experience. Since you guys, as a warehouse, sort of set up like an enclosed haunted house, what are some of the new styles of scare? I mean, we mentioned a couple, but what are you guys creating out there that's new, that wasn't maybe there last year, or that's along with the trends? Yeah, well, let me first of all point out the fact that, you know, not all escape rooms are scary. Like, we have escape rooms that aren't scary for the pansy people that really refuse to go to their haunted houses. But furthermore, I think it depends on on where you are and what you do and how you use your space um, because our sets from des- from like design to building to actually finished and lighted and everything are so immersive that it literally does feel in each room you're going into you're in a different place you're in a different world and it's interesting to walk through the haunted house and come out the end and you're like whoa none of that was real um, because everything is so detailed down to Jimmy even uses real food in the kitchen scene. (laughs) And everything is so, like all of the details are so precise that it really does feel like you're in a different world, that you've gone somewhere different and that you're living this life that is just so surreal, but yet you're still you and you're walking through a warehouse in Salt Lake City. And and kind of touching on that, uh, being able to make people feel more, out of their world, it really the devil is in the details. If if you're really spending the time to really uh, analyze the world you are creating and really make them as believable as possible, people are more likely to believe it. And that really is one thing I feel like our haunted house is very good at compared to all the other ones locally. Is that we really are about immersing people into something that they have never been into. People come to us because they want they want to be out of their normal mundane world for 45 minutes and it's our job to deliver that and it literally takes sometimes over a year to design certain areas so that they are ready to go and as immersive as humanly possible. I mean I cannot even tell you the amount of time we spend sourcing furniture that's from the right era or you know making sure that the cobblestone looks the right way like it's insane the amount of detail that actually has to go into these in order to make people really believe it. I mean it's stuff that most people don't really realize is going on but it's stuff that all adds up into the immersion and what we actually recently this year even opened escape rooms and that was one thing that we definitely knew we had to do going into it is because a lot of escape rooms in the area are very you know they're, they're very basic you know simple puzzles simple rooms and we went into it and we're like we are going to send them to Egypt. We're going to put them on Blackbeard's boat. We're going to make them feel like they're in an old bunker. You know, we did everything in our possible power to be able to immerse people in a 365-degree area that's fully themed. You can rummage through the drawers, and they have papers that look like they were from the 1700s, you know, stuff like that. Everything is so important in the entertainment industry, whether it's haunted houses, escape rooms, whatever the business is. You have to make sure that you're doing it right 
because people will notice those little little flaws and they'll point them out to you. And just like anything, they notice if they're not there, but don't always notice when they are there. <laughs> well, you know, I was going to ask you about this. So, I mean, just even going to film uh, Hitchcock, I mean, we all know the movie Psycho. You never mm -hmm. actually see her getting stabbed in the shower because Hitchcock always felt that your imagination would, was stronger and it filled in the gaps. So when you're creating these haunted houses, when do you give them the obvious, the reality, everything, and when do you let, when do you decide when to let their imagination take the scare? Ooh, that's that's interesting. a really interesting <laughs> yeah, question. Yeah, that is a very interesting question. Um, I do think that that's partly why we make such a good point to between areas have a lot of darkness and stuff. That helps build up the anticipation of, could it pop out here? Could it pop out here? Uh, where's it going to happen? And then I always love that moment when the lights get just a little brighter. They go, oh, okay. And that's always the perfect time to nail them because their senses are down all oh, of a sudden. So you like put them down. You're like, okay, everything's okay. And that's when you get them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. that, so as I said, there's a science good. to it. It's a literal science. When you're feeling good. Okay. Um, I have a question. So in the 1970s, and it's even come into recently um, because I've experienced this, but in the 1970s, some incredibly religious areas started creating these um, similar haunted houses, but they called them hell, hell houses. houses. And yes. there were scare tactics. In fact, I remember going through one in high school. I grew up in oh, Texas. Wow. <laughs> and you saw these girls who, teenagers who had gotten pregnant. And then it's this like hellish abortion or this coked out teenager. And then she's being attacked by gang members. And then it all ends up in the end with these people being condemned to hell. So when is a haunted house going too far? Right there, personally <laughs> for me. Um, I like to say a haunted house should be something that's fun. It has its scary elements to it, but it isn't real. This is a trend. Uh, I mean, hell houses have been around for a while, and, and uh, I don't like to call them. They're, they've taken the idea of haunted house and tried to make it religious, which is their own deal. That's fine. I don't like to call them haunted houses. Um, I do think that's kind of far. I also personally think like uh, even nowadays, a lot of haunted houses are doing touching, bagging. Even some haunted houses are like, you know, gagging you, pouring pig's blood on you. Like there, there are some haunted houses that are, I wouldn't even call them haunted houses. I call them torture houses that are taking it a little too far. Um, a haunted house to me should always be a place where a family can go, have fun, get scared, and just come out knowing that they had a good time and it was fun and safe. That should be a haunted house. Places that have a, a political agenda or or kind of torching you, that's really, to me, not a haunted house. And this is like the big debate of the decade in the haunted house industry is like, where is the line between haunted house and hell house, torture house? Horror house. Yeah. Uh, it, it's something where I think it, more increasingly having to combat in the haunted house industry industry and even in Utah we're starting to have to battle that which is fine we're up to the challenge and we just like to tell you this we don't need to touch you to scare you we know how to do it <laughs> yeah that's what I was just going to say it's interesting because even here in Utah some of our competitors are touching and w we have often people coming to us and saying uh, like do you guys touch in your haunted house and we say no like we've spent 28 years perfecting the art of scaring people um, and we see it almost as a cop-out. Like, we work really hard on our sets and everything, but if someone's taking your head and pushing it to the ground, you're not going to see those sets, so you don't need to work on them, right? Um, or shoving a bag over your head or locking you in a closet or separating you from your group and putting you in a black hall. Like, if, you, if you're doing those things, you don't have to work as hard on um, 
the experience and making it fun and all of these things. Um, and the so showmanship you, goes out the door. I mean, it's it's less like a theater experience than when you're doing those types of things. And and some people want that, and that's fine. Go for it. I, I don't care. But we, I want to tell you this right now. We do not need to touch you to scare you. We do a darn good job of it. Now, Definitely. do you guys ever, after they're created, I mean, you guys kind of are all involved in the process. Mm-hmm. Do you guys ever go through it, and are you guys ever scared by your own haunted houses? I uh, I mean, it's probably it, it's, hard it's for hard you. It's hard for me because I literally train everybody how yeah. to scare people, and when people try to get me, I'm always like, good job, I'm glad you're trying. <laughs> um, I'd actually say the haunted house is at its scariest when it's none of the lights are on. And so we actually, a few years ago, started doing these blackout events where we literally turn off all the lights, we'll leave the effects on, and we'll have the actors in there. And that's when the haunted house actually really starts to scare me because, you know. It's like the ultimate anticipation oh, because you yeah. know nothing. And you're literally in the dark with, like, a, a pin light. It's it's such a fun experience. Yeah, and uh, for me personally, I don't spend nearly as much time walking through the haunted house as Jimmy does I spend more time in my office at my desk. Um, but I love going through and filling the anticipation. And yes, there are the occasional rooms, even though I know where every single room is and how every single actor works in every single room. There's still the occasional times where I'll get a little jolt and, you know, my body will tense up for a second. Um, but just, I my favorite thing is I enjoy the aesthetic of a haunted house. I love going through and seeing the sets and seeing and interacting with an with a person, an actor that knows who they are as an as like a role and w- why they're there as a role and you can talk with them and have dialogue with these people that are acting in the haunted house and just being able to go in and really even for the you know 500th time in one month be able to walk through a haunted house and experience something. You know, that that's what I love about it, is just being able to have this this uh, this experience no matter how many times I've done it before. Love it. So we're going to just wrap up here. Well, the last question that I have, you guys, and I'm sure you were waiting for this one and knew it was probably coming, but what scares each of you the most? <laughs> it's a tough one. Well, I'll let you go first, Jimmy. I say there are two things that scare me the most in the world. One is artistically plateauing. That's more of a personal fear. But there's also something about porcelain dolls I just absolutely hate. I've done rooms with porcelain dolls. Their faces are too perfect to be real. And they they just bother me. They're just constantly staring at you with that, like, kind of happy but kind of pissed off face. I'm not good with porcelain dolls. (laughs) What scares me the most? I don't know. I haven't really thought about it. But I would probably, if I had to guess, my biggest fear, probably the feeling of not complete silence. For example, being in the haunted house alone in the middle of the night and you're hearing the building creaking and you know no one's there, but just like the silence with all of the sounds that are happening in the background, that's probably that moment is the most freaky to me. Um, Or when you're walking down the street at night and you can't see anything around and you can't hear anything, but it's just like you got this eerie feeling. You feel um, something's there still. Yeah, yeah that's, I, that's the feeling that that freaks me out the most. It's not getting a little jump from someone jumping around a corner or anything or anything like that. That's just, you know, I'm in a little second of adrenaline, but the eeriness 
is really, I guess, where I usually get a little freaked out. Yeah, I have to say, if you put me in a dark room, my, I have an overactive imagination and <laughs> I will scare the crap out of myself in seconds. Haunted houses, I would appreciate for the art of it. But when it comes to be scaring, like, I'm a cheap thrill. <laughs> St <laughs> stick me in a dark room and I will freak out. Well, Jimmy, um, Travis, thank you for joining us. Where and what give us the information? If people already don't know about you, which they probably do, you guys have been around long enough. But for those of you who are curious, what are your hours, location, how can they get to know you guys? Yeah, we're located on 13th South, right off of I-15. Uh, we like to call our, we like to say that we're the castle on 13th South with the dragon. Um, so right over in between um, I-15 and the ballpark, um, we're just located there right on 13 South, a big, huge castle. And what are your hours during the so month of October? We are open Monday through Saturday in October. Uh, Monday through Thursday, the hours are till 10 p.m. And then Fridays and Saturdays, we're open till midnight. And you guys, I know I've seen you, I actually live near you guys, but what are the rest of the year? Do you guys do fun events? Is there anything to look forward to or is it just at October? We thing? will often open um, in the in what we call our off season, so non-Halloween time for Friday the 13th events. People just like 13th South and Nightmare on 13th and Friday the 13th. We often will open in our off season, um, if it's not too cold, for Friday the 13th events. Perfect. Well, thank you guys for joining me. Um, for the rest of you guys out there, this has been an episode of Salt Lake Speaks, Salt Lake Magazine's own podcast. You can find this episode as well as several others at saltlakemagazine.com slash podcast. Mm -hmm.